the Blue Jays are back. So the Jays, of course, if you're a big hitter, you have the walk-up music. See? So we're going to come up with the walk-up music for various political uh, aspirants and candidates. And speaking of candidates, we have with us... This Mr. Clean is with us. Uh, Stephen Del Duca. I Thank like you. that. Do you like that? I that do could like be that. your music. Okay. That could be. We're gonna play that a little bit later. But my uh, daughters would love that jingle. I think. Former Ontario Liberal Cabinet Minister Stephen Del Duca has formally announced that he is in the running for the Ontario Liberal leadership. Even though we don't have any rules and we don't have a date yet, why announce now, Stephen? So, so first of all, to be really clear, it's great to see you, by the way. Thank you for having me on. To be really clear, what I'm announcing or I am announcing today is that I intend to run once the party has set those rules and made it clear to the whole world uh, what uh, what the timing will look like. I, I see what's taking place at Queen's Park today, and I know that our province, our province, Ontario, can be so much better than what we see today. And I've spent the last number of weeks uh, crisscrossing the province, talking to former colleagues, talking to liberals, and talking to everyday Ontarians about what they see for our future and the kind of progress that they're looking for. And I, I know how much work we need to do as liberals to modernize our party and be ready to win in 2022. And I decided that it's time for me to make it clear that I do intend to run for the leadership of our party. I intend to keep my sleeves rolled up and work as hard as I possibly can to earn support because we need to make sure that we are prepared to defeat Doug Ford in 2022. You were economic development minister and transportation minister. You were a part of the front bench in Kathleen Wynne's government. Did Kathleen Wynne's government, did your government overspend? Did you spend more than you should? Do you regret the amount of money and the amount of debt that your government piled on in this for this province? Listen, I think we have to be really respectful of the decision that Ontario voters made last June. Look, I lost my own seat. Many of my colleagues right across the province lost theirs. We're a third-place party today, and we have a ton of work to do to be ready for 2022. We have to respect that verdict. There's, a, there's again, a ton of work that we need to do, but the first and most important part for that work, to me, is the listening process and hearing from everyday Ontarians, liberals and people who aren't necessarily members of our party, about what they felt we did right including the investments we made, which I'd be happy to go through, healthcare, education, protecting the environment, so much more. Investments. See, and, you say and investments. Where, and, and where we dropped the ball and where we could do a better job. And right. so that, that's why I think it's important for us to admit right up front, the verdict was pretty clear last June. So we do have a lot of work to do and we have a lot of listening to do to make sure that we have a compelling case to make to Ontario voters about the kind of progress that we believe in as Ontario Liberals, the kind of progress that we can deliver for communities right around Ontario. But it's a lot add, of work, but we can get it done. Let me ask you some specifics. If you were to win the leadership and then become premier, would you perhaps, would you reimpose, would you bring back the sex ed uh, curriculum that was previously in place? Would you do that? So first of all, I would say yes, right off the top, because I look at it not just as a politician or as an aspiring leader or premier. I'm the father, father of two daughters, 11-year-old and a 7-year-old. And I know that my wife and I are very responsible with the information that we provide to them at our home. But I know that I can't stand beside them 24 hours a day and protect them every single second of every single day, much as I'd like to. So I want them to be empowered with all of the information that's required so they can remain healthy. So yes, I do support the sex ed curriculum as an example. I will say, though, 
we need to make sure that we're engaging in a meaningful conversation with people who have legitimate questions about initiatives like that one. Let's move on to the Fair Hydro Plan. There's been a great deal of criticism about your government putting that in place, trying to take the money off the books. Would you replace the Fair Hydro Plan? Would you bring it back in? Do you still support that idea? So I think at the end of the day, we do have to remember that there was a very clear sense from voters, whether we're here in the GTA or we're talking about other parts of the province, that their electricity bills had skyrocketed. That's why we made the decisions, not easy decisions, uh, to move forward with the Fair Hydro Plan to provide relief for people who uh, who needed that relief because they were having to make some very, very uh, pressing decisions. I think it's important for us to recognize that when we get to 2022, uh, when the next election occurs, the world, whether we're talking about electricity pricing or healthcare education, will likely look an awful, an awful lot different than it does today. We have a provincial budget coming up next week. There'll be at least three or four more budgets to go before the next election. I want liberals to be p- prepared to, to be where the puck will be in 2022, as opposed to simply looking at what's taken place in the past. But for us to get there, Alan, we have to be a modern political movement, and that's what I'm running for. I'm running to help build that movement. Uh, part of uh, the pros uh, on your side is that you have ministerial experience. Part of the cons is that having ministerial experience sometimes comes with political baggage. And, of course, you were a minister of transportation and MPP for Vaughn. The Auditor General in 2018 said that you did not use the legislative channels available to him to direct Metrolink's regional transportation planning work. This is in relation to a number of uh, two specific uh, ghost stops. Uh, our audit, this is, I'm quoting now from the auditor, our audit concluded that the ultimate selection of by Metrolinks of the proposed ghost stations was clearly influenced by the Minister of Transportation. Their selection was not entirely based on thorough analysis and reliable, relevant information. Did you use undue political influence to try and get a ghost station a stop in your riding? So a couple things to remember. I'm a strong believer that politicians are elected to lead. We're elected to make decisions. And those who work within agencies or work within the public service are responsible for delivering or implementing on the decisions that we make because we are democratically accountable to the people who elected us. I also have lived in the greater Toronto and Hamilton area my entire life. I think everybody would recognize that we have a significant gridlock challenge, which to me means we have to never stop building transit, whether it's stations or more service, in every corner of this region. But you I advocated made a decision, for... I made a decision about the Lawrence East and Kirby Go station because it was my responsibility as an elected official to use my judgment. I did because I believe in but building transit in every corner. And hang on one second. What's really important to note is that when Mentrolix did its follow-up uh, independent analysis of all of the stations that were approved, the Kirby Go station actually ranked amongst the best performing, validating my direction as the, the politician in this case. Except for as a politician and as a minister, you should be following the data, should you not? So that same data, that independent Metrolink study that came out after the initial decision was made, validated the decision because Kirby, in this case actually was perhaps the best or one of the best performers in the entire network. So this is why we elect politicians to make decisions. I'm just to make decisions based on based on their judgment. And ultimately, ultimately with democracy and elections, we're held to account for our decisions. I'm just going to say to you that, uh, you, you know, both from any uh, leadership uh, rivals like Michael Cotto or Mitzi Hunter, if she does declare, that they're going to be picking up this auditor's report and you're going to have to answer that question. I'm, I, I'm looking forward to a vigorous leadership campaign and frankly, at the other side of the leadership campaign, especially if I win, but regardless, a vigorous debate with Doug Ford and Andrea Horvath sure. over the future of Ontario. And I believe in progress and I believe in building transit right across the GTHA 
and at every corner of Ontario. Well, I, and just, I won't be I'm just shy about you, making decisions. I'm just decisions. telling you that Doug Ford right now is, you know, putting a, a yellow mark on that page from that report. But I really want to, I want to sure. move on to this, which is uh, your campaign music. Uh, we had this one before. <laughs> Let's play that again, first of all. Mr. Clean gets tough on dirt and crime and grease in just a minute. Uh, regardless how you feel about Mr. Del Duca's politics, you have to admit you have a remarkable skull. <laughs> It is, uh, it is my trade, trademark part of my brand, of course. <laughs> People recognize me from afar uh, because, of the, uh, because I'm a shining beacon, literally. Sure. It's, it's the glare, so really, more that than could anything be, else. That could be, because, you know, politicians always have a campaign song when they're rallying people. That could be that. I appreciate the you creativity. Like that one? How about, the, I'll take that one back, for all right, sure. Uh, I got one more for you. What about this one? The minute you walked in the <sighs> joint, I could see you were a man of distinction, a real big a real big spender a real big investor an investor in progress i 11 year old and seven year old home they want a future that's going to be good for them that means good health care good public education a clean environment good transit on every corner of the region that's what i believe in it's and a why bigger I'm a deficit liberal. i'm a liberal who believes in progress and results and that's what i'm prepared to deliver with investments that make sense when we respond hard earned tax dollars responsibly that's what i believe in Stephen del duca is going to run for the leadership of the Liberal Party in Ontario whenever they get around to deciding what that is going to be and when that's going to be. My pleasure to have Stephen Telduca in studio and on this program. Thank you so much for thank, being here. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate it. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.